So what I did was I increased the rent. <laughs> so you then raised the rent so they could cover that hundred dollars. Right. So you could buy another investment property. Right. And I realized that I was not powerless in that moment. Look, God told me to meet him at a runway with no parachute, with no baggage, leave the negativity behind. Ever since, I've been taken off and I never looked back. I'm your host, Alex E. Edwards, and this is the Gem Drop Podcast. Welcome to the Gem Drop Podcast powered by Thumbprint Realty. Yes, we don't gossip, we boss up. And today we have Carrie Lee Blake. That's what her friends call her. <laughs> but we call her Carrie Lee Bank. And I am so excited to have this conversation with one of the best real estate agents in Massachusetts. I mean, when you hear her story, you might want to quit your entire life and become an agent or try to follow her steps because she's about to inspire and motivate. Carrie Lee Bank. Wow. How are you doing today? What an introduction. I'm doing well. Thank you, Alex, for having me today. Uh, I'm excited. But before we start, we have to do something. All right. Your right hand. Do you solemnly swear to drop gems, gems to motivate, to inspire the next generation and this generation? I do. Let's get it. <laughs> it's time. Uh, it's time. <laughs> it's time. Before we start, Jamaica stand up. That's Woo! all I gotta say. Jamaica stand up. <laughs> Jamaica, stand up. The last, um, you know, before Carrie Lee started, I just want to say something real quick. The last few agents that have been number one in the brokerage been from Jamaica. I don't know what's in the water. Is it a coincidence? I don't, that's all I got to say. <laughs> I'm sorry for anyone, if anyone get mad, I'm just speaking facts, right? <laughs> Carrie Lee, Blake, who are you? You know, that's a very difficult question to answer. Mm. And it's a very complex answer. Because who I was before is not who I am today, and it's not who I will be. I'm always evolving. But if you ask somebody who I was, they would say I'm a straight-up rebel. But if you ask me who I am, I am relentless in my pursuit of happiness. I am a mother. I am a daughter of wonderful parents. I am a friend. I am a real estate mogul in the making. When you come down to the core, who am I? I'm a kind-hearted person who really just loves. That's oh, I wasn't. It didn't sound too hard. I but the rebel part, the rebel part, rebel part is still there. Oh, okay. Yeah, like <laughs> was, like, the rebel part is still there, but it manifests itself in different ways. And so now I I use my rebellious spirit to fight for whatever I believe in and to fight for my clients. I think that shows like everything, like. That, you show that in everything you do. I think it, even in your walk, you're like, <laughs> I'm here. Right. I'm here. This yeah. is my space. I don't need to take over the room, but I'm here. Right. Right. Um, but how did you get, like, like did you, was you born with that attitude to you know always what? show up? So here's the thing. I, I'm born in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. um, so I came here when I was a child, but my parents came here for a reason to ensure that we got a chance to take advantage of all the resources, the opportunities, our safety. They wanted us to have, my brother and I, to have that here. When I arrived, it wasn't a welcome wagon. You understand? I was an immigrant mm -hmm. um, during a time when certain areas I didn't belong, mm -hmm. right? And then I moved to the Midwest, and then there wasn't a lot of immigrants in the Midwest, and I didn't belong there either. Mm -hmm. So I always felt like I didn't belong anywhere, or I wasn't accepted everywhere, but I decided that I deserved to be in any room. Mm. Funny thing you say that. I, I grew up in Phil's Corner, right? It was, it was, at the time, it was one of the worst places to live in uh, Boston. Mm -hmm. And I remember getting a good job, all right? And I had to wear a tie. I don't know. For some reason, I felt good. I felt good. Wearing a tie, it just right. made me, it, it kind of just, it made me feel like I was becoming someone. Right. And I remember walking down to the train station, right, 
and walking back home. When I got to work, I wasn't white enough. I wasn't, I, I didn't feel like I belong. And I was the only black person at work. Mm-hmm. When I came home, I wasn't dark enough anymore because I had a tie on. Right. So I was battling. Like I, would, I didn't feel comfortable anywhere. Right. Right. So I understand where you're coming from. That's kind of the story of my life. Right. Yeah. I started off in Somerville during a time where uh, you didn't see a lot of people that looked like me in Somerville mm-hmm. um, back at that time. So I didn't feel like I belonged there, but I knew that that wasn't my fight. Yeah. Right. And then I started to go to school in other areas and I didn't belong there, mainly because I had an accent. Um, there was cultural differences that at the time wasn't accepted. It is now, but at the time it wasn't accepted. And so it was a constant battle of where do I belong? So I just had to come to terms that I'm just not going to fit in anywhere. So I have to create my own environment to flourish and just love myself exactly the way I am. And who loves me, loves me. And who hates me, hates me. That's not my problem. And that was a gem job. (laughs) Because someone right now is trying to figure out who they are in life. Right. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? And sometimes we look in, in the wrong places. And you just said, you know what? This curve a piece of this earth out just for you? In hindsight, I think what helps me is understanding that people didn't accept anything different, anything new. Mm-hmm. It was their own shortcomings, their own fear, their own insecurities, and it had really nothing to do with me. Yeah, you're exactly right. So you decided to quit your job and jump into real estate. And you know, you just, hey, Carrie Lee Blake, I'm to the I'm I'm playing at this table. I'm going to put everything on red. And that's what you did. You just bet on yourself. Right. But it wasn't that easy. Yeah. That transition was not easy. Mm-hmm. I was Describe working in, in corporate America and banking for eleven years. And my main focus was to climb that ladder, get as high as I possibly could, because that was like the the validation that I needed, that I deserved to be here, that I could help hold the titles, I can make the money, I can flourish in an environment where there wasn't a lot of people who looked like me. So I had something to prove. And then I reached a point where I'm like, who am I? My purpose is not here. I had like a revelation on a day and I said, this can't be my purpose. My purpose in life cannot be to come to a job every day and help somebody else get rich. And there's nothing in it for my family. There's nothing in it for me. This can't be it. Playing the corporate politics, the backstabbing, can't be my purpose. My purpose is not here. So I decided that I needed to get into a different industry. On top of that, I also realized I was a slave to my job. There was, um, I was walking to work one day and, you know, downtown Federal Street, all the corporate people in their suits and their ties and their, their briefcases and their bags and everyone feels accomplished and special and they have their degrees. And, and I remember crossing the street and there was a homeless man and he's like, cross the street, dummies, dummies, cross the street. And it's like seven o'clock in the morning, he's drunk and he's calling us all dummies walking across the street. I'm like, dummies? Who's the dummy here? We're in corporate. Yeah. We, you know, we're, we, we're important. We, we have good jobs. And, and um, then I had to reflect back. And I'm like, wait a minute. Maybe we have a false sense of reality. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're really not that well off. Because most of us are one paycheck away yeah. from losing everything <laughs> and being just like the homeless man on the street. So I said, okay, what do I need to do to create a skill set? where I can make money outside of my nine-to-five job. I needed to change industries. And so I decided it was time for me to leave banking. Mm -hmm. And I put all the chips on me. I packed up. I was living in North Carolina. Packed up my stuff. Left. No plan. No job. And shortly thereafter, no money. So when you say I hit like rock bottom, I could feel the heat from the ground. Yeah. I was about to lose everything yeah. betting on me. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So how I left corporate America, I was at the bank too. <laughs> and a new regional manager came in and said, you have to prove yourself to me. 
mm. to go to the next level. Right. So, and this is the first time meeting this person. She didn't mm-hmm. stand up and shake my hand. Right. She said, you have to prove yourself to me if you want to go to the next level. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. kept typing. Oh, yeah. And I looked down. I said, in my head, of course, I didn't say it out loud. Who the f- this thing she talking to, right? Oh, yeah. In my soul, I was like, nah, that's an Alex, what are you doing? Alex, what are you doing? They this, decide your worth. Yeah, this is Alex. Yeah. What are you doing? And right, I didn't, I didn't, I have to admit, I didn't give two weeks notice. I didn't give a week notice. I gave about five minutes. <laughs> That's the last day that woman ever seen me. I left with tears. Yeah. I was shaking. Right. That was the last time corporate America ever seen me. So I, when you say how hard it was, it was extremely hard. And then when you tell your family, oh, you're stupid. Yeah. You had benefits. Yeah. You had life insurance. Yeah. You had a 401k. I didn't really have life insurance. I didn't have life insurance. The mm-hmm. company had life insurance. Yeah. Because I quit and I got I don't got it yeah. anymore. So, but now you have to hear the outside people right. saying like what you're doing, like they coaching you. Right. And they're not even happy. Right. And I, I remember those last final words from manager. Oh, honey. You should be happy to work for such an elite group. Wow. Oh, honey, we wow. pay you a lot of money. I must, I, I might be the same manager because my manager <laughs> said, you don't have a college degree? Right. You should be happy. I'm like, wait a minute. Right. Is this the same manager? But but at the same time, it's cutthroat, right? Because mm-hmm. you can give your whole life to this job and then you wake up one day and they lay you off and then what? Then what? You have nothing. You have nothing. You have nothing. And you said something very important. You want to give something back to your children, your legacy. Some people don't realize that until sometimes it's too late. Until it's too late. But you realize that fairly young. Yeah. What? What? Why was you thinking in that like that way? What did you see? What did um, generational wealth mean to you at that moment where you said? Something has to change. My father came to this country, and the first trade he went into was carpentry. And he used carpentry to build his life. All the family members who came over, the male, um, they also went into carpentry. And they've done a lot in the city of Boston. I can drive down Blue Hill, and I can see the homes that my father built. And I know those homes because I can identify them by the color scheme. Mm -hmm. And I can drive by, and I say, my father built that home. My family built that home. I can drive by Jubilee Church and say, my father was a part of the build of that Jubilee Church, right? But nobody's going to know that. Wow. My, my, my kids won't ever know a that. A historic Jubilee Church. Right? Because I want to add historic. Right. My, my kids will never know because wow. once it's sold, it's sold. So his legacy won't go on through all the stuff that he's done in the community because there's no name attached to it. When you hear the name like the Kennedys, I don't have to give you a first name. You know their name. You know what their name symbolizes in Massachusetts, in in the nation. In the nation. Why shouldn't I have my name have that same symbolic um, approach? Why why can't I have my name transcend time? While you are alive. While I'm alive. Yeah. It may not have the same impact while I'm alive, but that's for me to pass the baton to to the next generation. But we need to start. Yeah, that's deep. That's deep. And then you know, you know, I hope everyone that's listening and watching and really take this to heart because, like you said, if no one's here to tell your story, did did you really do it? Did you really do it? Who's gonna remember you when you're gone? Yeah, that's we we getting deep. We getting deep. <laughs> um, so now you're a real estate agent, um, and like I said, one of the best in the state, you. and you have that fire. Like it, 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 I don't think you. I think I think you're gonna be about ninety, ninety five with that fire still. Like, nope, I'm being number one. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. I don't care if my kids is against me. I'm number one. <laughs> I think you, that that fire will never leave you. Um, can you give us some tips that if I'm putting my home on the market, what should I do before I even think about putting that for sale sign up um, in my yard? That's a very good question. Um, you need to, one, prepare your home 
before you put that home on the market. Mm. Um, you know, some people have lived in their home for years and they have tons of things. <laughs> Junk, declutter, guys. Declutter your home. Get rid of the stuff that you don't need because the more space that you can present in your home, the better. It's hard to see the space. It's hard to enjoy the home when there are too many things, right? So you should be able to go in into a home and visualize your own belongings into that home, right? So declutter. So how about a seller say, well, I don't want to get rid of stuff or I don't want to put stuff in storage if, if, I, if my home hasn't sold yet. Why would I get rid of all this stuff? Uh, at some point, it's going to come back full circle. It's either you start to declutter your home now mm -hmm. or you wait until you get that offer where you have 30, 45 days to close and then you're stressed out trying to get all of these things out of your home. Don't put yourself through it. Make the preparations from the very beginning. You know you want to sell. Start doing your spring cleaning, your winter cleaning, your summer cleaning. Just start getting rid of things. Yeah. And you have an open house. It's going to have a bunch of people. Because if you're selling your home, mm -hmm. if you're selling their home, it's a whole bunch of people coming to the open right. house. And you got the violinists. You got mm -hmm. you got you got the music. You mm -hmm. got, it, it's it's a it's a celebration, um, and everyone's coming. So you need some space for people to walk around and right. actually see the home. Yeah. If if you get that crazy offer, that mind-blown offer, and they're like, look, we, we need you out in two weeks, three mm -hmm. weeks. Which what are you going to say? Yeah. Um, um, I, 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 I need Lee. more time. Yeah. It's a horrible experience when you have to rush out of your home. Yeah. Um, the other thing that um, I would do is have an exit strategy. So you're selling your home. Mm -hmm. Where are you going? <laughs> okay. Where are you going? Do you have somewhere to go? Do you need to buy something? Do you need to rent something? Can you even afford to buy something? Have you even gone through the pre-approval process? Do you want to sell only to find out that you're not even approved for a new home? I'm shaking my head because a lot of real estate agents get this wrong. They they put their home, they put the home on the market mm -hmm. before yeah. the seller is even pre-approved. Right. right. Because what you could afford before may not be what you can afford now. And you might find out that you really can't afford what you want. Mm. So what you're saying is before you put your home on the market and you're, you're selling and buying, mm -hmm. make sure you get a pre-approval pre and then put your home on the market. And and you can help them do both. You can help. I, I can help them do both. Okay. So get the pre-approval, see what you can afford, see what areas that you want to live in and make sure you have enough money for those areas. Mm -hmm. Ensure that when you're selling that you have down payment. So you may have to strategize to figure out, okay, how much money do I need for my down payment on my next home? So you have to just make sure everything lines up. You, you, you sound like a financial advisor. So, <laughs> so are you a realtor or a financial advisor? I'm a, I'm a realtor, but if you want to get the job done... You better have some understanding on, on, on all things related to the transaction. So you help with numbers as well? I do help with numbers. I do run the numbers with my clients. Wow. Wow. So, <laughs> so, so this client goes to a loan officer and they already have an idea of what they could afford because of you. Mm -hmm. They already, they already kind of have all the numbers in their right. head because of you. Right. And if my numbers don't line up with the loan officer, I need to understand why. What's yeah. the missing variable? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I don't believe a lot of real estate agents do that. Let me tell you, the most difficult thing to deal with is when your client thinks they can afford a home, yeah. they submit that offer, it's approved, and it's taken away because the loan officer did not do a thorough review. Mm -hmm. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. I I don't understand why they they give like a pre-approval just based on word of mouth. It makes no sense. I, I don't, I don't, a a pre-qualification. You shouldn't give a pre-qualification at all. Not even a little bit. Well, it should be gone. Right, but but there, there's another important factor to that, right? Because you can make 100000 150000 200000 but what's your debt? Correct. Correct. And And no one talks about that. Nobody so, talks so, about that. So if a client walks in and says, I want to sell my home. Oh, for real? Yes. I make 200 grand. Oh, yeah, you get pre-approval. Let's put your home on the market first. I'm not worried about you. But they didn't tell you about your debt. 
Because it's easy to tell someone about how much money they make, Mm -hmm. but it's hard to tell them about their debt. It's a touchy situation. (laughs) I want to know, what are three tips you could give homeowners before they put their home on the market? Okay. That's a very good question. Guys, number one, before you put your home on the market, you want to prepare your home. Mm -hmm. That means declutter. That means if there's renovations that you know that you can take care of because it's going to come up. Mm Take care of those renovations. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that you have uh, an exit strategy. Okay. Do you have a plan? Mm-hmm. Where are you going? Mm-hmm. Are you going to another home? Are you going to an apartment? Are you staying with a friend? You need somewhere to go. And if you're planning to buy, you want to have your pre-approval first. All right. So I gotta go back. Okay. You said renovations. Yes. A lot of sellers give pushback, though. I don't want to spend any more money. You know what? This is not a brand new home. They could fix it when they buy it. Mm -hmm. What do you say to that? Okay, so then what are you asking for? Are you asking for an offer for similar to the homes that sold that already has renovations done? Do you want us to compare homes that need work? Mm -hmm. To determine that price, so you can't ask for top dollars. You're not willing to put anything into the home. It just doesn't work that way. Is it true if you're spending about five thousand to t- even ten thousand dollars, could probably even bring you twenty thousand or more? Like when it when on a renovation, if you're spending five to ten thousand dollars on a renovation, it could probably even give you twenty thousand dollars or more in an offer price. Right, because you don't have to rebuild your home. You just want to give the perception that it's updated and modern. Mm-hmm. And that could be as simple as repainting the cabinet. It could mm-hmm. be just, you know, replacing the countertop. You don't have to spend, you don't have to buy quartz mm-hmm. or granite mm-hmm. for a home that needs work, but mm-hmm. it needs to look visually good. And you could just simply replace appliances. Makes yeah. a huge difference, right? You Exactly. Huh? Remove the white right. refrigerator, Please. the white stove, it doesn't cost a lot to put some appliances there. You don't have to get top dollar appliances, but it matters. Yeah. Can we kill can we just kill the white appliances? Can we just say kill, no more? But I, I think for me, um, the paint yeah. is a big deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I say it's a big deal because uh, a person can uh, with a certain type of loan yeah. may not qualify for your home if you have peel and paint. Okay? So if there's peel and paint on your exterior, around your windows, mm-hmm. just address it. So that's like the, when you say loans, like a federal loan? Like the FHA, FHA? loan. Okay, gotcha. Um, FHA loan requires that all safety-related issues are addressed mm-hmm. prior to closing. They don't like peel and paint. Um, and so because that has a lot to do with lead, lead. Mm-hmm. right? So if you can start, you know, scraping that peel and paint off of your deck, your porches, you know, around the, the, the window trims, door trims, it will give you more options for buyers. Okay. So you, 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 you just open a can of worms real quick. So we, we talk about FHA. Mm-hmm. What are some other guidelines? They're like, no. Okay. So um, FHA is big on uh, making sure that you have like a handrail yep. on your mm-hmm. stairs. Um, they want to make sure that the home is, is, is safe overall. Yeah. They don't mm-hmm. like broken windows. Mm-hmm. You know, if the step is too high or maybe mm-hmm. there's another step that's needed, they want to make sure there's no evidence of peeling paint, just to name some of the bigger ones. So so you're walking, and I'm, I'm going to say this when buying, you're walking with your clients, right? And you're kind of pointing this out. Mm-hmm. So you're not even, you're going to say, hey, you have an FHA. This is the issues that we're going to probably run into. So you're not even wasting their time. Right. I told you guys, this right. is one of, the best, one of the best uh real estate agents in Massachusetts. Take notes. So if they don't listen, you let them learn the hard way. After they spend that that uh, inspection money. Right. They say, listen, I'm not spending any money. I'm, I, I don't have it. I don't have it. Okay, let's put the house on the market as is. Yep. You get five offers. All five are FHA. What's your plan? Now they you have can't to fix close. It. Yep. And now they have to fix it. Right. Well, now they have right? to fix it. Um, the other, the other, the third um, advice I would give is not just your exit strategy, but what are you going to do with your money? Okay. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. we know that um, the the capital gain is going to come from when you sell. Yes. Right. Yep. So you may, if you're lucky enough to get a good uh, 
good money back from the sale of your home, are you going to be taxed? Mm-hmm. Want to have a plan? Talk to your accountant. Because and it's difference if you're married and not married. There is right? a difference mm-hmm. for me whether you're married or not married. But again, talk to your financial advisor, your accountant on the tax implications. But most importantly, when you do have the money, what is your plan? Mm-hmm. Right? You don't want to just spend that money and it's gone. Where are you going to invest that money? What is your plan? Are you planning to retire? Um, are you going to need it to use it to buy something else? Mm-hmm. Do you want to start a business? What is the plan with the money? But have a plan. Mm. And so this is the conversation you have with your clients? This is a conversation that I would have with my clients. You sound like a financial advisor. It's a conversation that you have to have because you need to understand your client yeah. and their needs. But let's imagine how many clients out there or sellers out there sold their home and a year later, IRS is like, hey, uh, I need my money. But yeah. Because they, they wasn't prepared. They weren't prepared. They didn't work with uh, a real estate agent like you to prepare them you know some agents say oh you want to sell your home for a million and you bought it for thirty thousand dollars 50 years ago okay yeah i think the ones that hurt me the most are the ones that have the money don't have a plan and then family members and friends come out of nowhere and start borrowing their money or they just start spending it and then they have nothing to show for they've already sold the home the money is gone that's sad and another point you brought up you said so you should. So tell me which one's first. I'm a seller and I'm buying. Do I put my home on a market first before I get a pre-approval, or do I get a pre-approval and then put my home on the market? I think you can run your comps. Mm-hmm. Your realtor should run the comps on your home. Mm-hmm. How much do we think we can sell it for? Okay. All right, because that's going to be a, a, an important number in determining your down payment. Gotcha. On the next home. On the next home. Got it. Okay. okay. So once you say, okay, I can probably sell it. Be conservative because if it doesn't work out, you don't want to. Say you can put down twenty five percent when you really can't, right? Okay, so yeah. um, and then go to your lender and say, okay, I want to know what I'm pre approved for. The first question they're gonna ask is, do you have an existing mortgage? How much do you owe? Mm-hmm. How much do you think you can sell this for? Mm-hmm. What is your down payment? Mm-hmm. How much down payment do you have? Because that might determine your affordability on that next home. Got it. Got it. So. It's definitely important to get the pre-approval before you actually even put your home on the you, market. I would so you can make sure you know right. how much how much home you could buy. Right. And if you could actually even buy a home. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. Because I've seen it done the other way and it didn't turn out. It doesn't usually turn good. out well. <laughs> it doesn't. And, it, you know, they accept the offer and guess what? They have to turn the offer down because they can't leave. Right. Maybe credit. Right. Um, or their debt. Right. Um, so I'm happy that you are actually saying, look, let me take a look at what everything that's going on. I know you hired me just to sell your home, mm-hmm. but I want I really want to go above and beyond for you and just kind of take a right. look at all your financials so I can make sure you're safe, you know, selling your home and after you sell your home. And and I have to tell you guys, if you are an independent contractor, if you have your own business, it is really important that your taxes reflect positive income. Okay, if you have existing properties, you want to make sure that tax return presents you in a favorable light financially to be able to afford that next home. Mm. Mm. Another tip, another gem drop, baby. Gem <laughs> drop. My name is Carolee Blake. One of my strengths in real estate is making things happen, turning the impossible into possible. I am great at strategizing and executing regardless of where you are in life. I joined Thumbprint because it was a simple decision. Thumbprint is a family um, organization and I wanted to be a part of something. I wanted to feel like I belonged and I love Thumbprint. I love the dynamics of Thumbprint and I love to be able to just call anyone in the organization a friend and a family member. So, all right. What are some important things that I could do to bring more of to make to to uh, increase the value in my home? So what what renovation tips can you give me? I have five thousand dollars to ten thousand dollars. Where should I spend that money? The first areas that I would look at because of the areas that are most important, I think, to a buyer: kitchen and bathroom. Mm-hmm. Okay, they walk into the kitchen, they want to feel like, oh, this kitchen is nice. So if you can do any upgrades to the appliances. 
Um, if you can do any uh, upgrades, maybe to the backsplash, to the tile, yeah. or even the countertop, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be top dollars. It just needs to look nice. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you can do, if you can paint, oh gosh, the homes that have 50 different colors <laughs> are can feel nauseating when walking through it. Yeah. Um, and not everyone has the vision to look past your pink and purple and orange and green and yellows. Make it simple. Keep it neutral. So if you can just put some paint on there, that makes a big difference. And I'm not talking about sloppy paint where you do one <laughs> coat and then it looks like you've only used a primer. Don't do that. You know? Um, the bathroom. The yeah. bathroom is dated. The vanity, changing the vanity is not a lot of money. Yeah, it's not. Right? Mm-hmm. Doing a little splash, you know, um, a tiling around the tub. It doesn't have to be a ton of money, but it makes a difference. And even recocking. Recocking makes a difference. And getting your house professionally cleaned. Getting it cleaned makes a difference. Yeah. And again, the peel and paint piece. Mm. Oh gosh, when you walk into a home and you see chip paint on the porch and the deck, it doesn't have the same feel. Yeah. And so, so you think buyers say, you know what, this seller, you know, have chip paint. It might be a lot more things that they kind of don't take care of. Right. Or mm-hmm. don't care about right. in their home or neglected. Right. When you see a home that's well put together and it looks visually appealing, you're more willing to waive home inspection because mm-hmm. you're like, wow, they really care about this home. So you kind of trust them. Yeah. Now, when the home doesn't look visually appealing, you're like, oh, this home is old. Mm, interesting. So I'm putting my home on the market. I want, you know, we, we have a joke called, uh, we always say Gucci grass. That's just mm-hmm. like real green mm-hmm. grass. The lawn is right. taken care of. Right. And so when you pull up to a home like that, you're like, you know what? One, I could see myself mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Right. And then two, you walk in and the place look decluttered. Like you said, right. new paint, like you said, the bathrooms look good. The, ba- the the kitchens look clean. You know what? I can move right in. Right. Right. And this is, and this is what you want the buyers to start thinking about. Right. Not... I have to do this, I have right. to do that. But then there's a psychology to it, right? Because okay. those buyers can come to the show, family members and friends. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, I could work with this. And then someone's like, oh, ooh, um, you really like this home? It's old. It just looks run down. I don't like those people, Carrie. I you can't know what I mean? Now, for investors, they don't yeah. mind. When you have an investor mentality, you're not looking for anything sparkly. And that's perfectly yeah. fine, you know? Because we're not, I kind of have that mindset. I don't need you to give me a brand new kitchen and bathroom. Yeah. I can do that myself. It's, I have to say this, Carrie. Sometimes, most of the times, those people be like, you sure you can live here? I don't like this. I don't like that. The, the HGTV mm-hmm. talking in your ear. Yeah. They mostly be tenants. I said it. Y'all tenants. Y'all talking to someone that's buying and yeah. you're tenants and you telling them what a buyer should buy. You are a tenant. Right. You're right. I want you to get a pre-approval and rock with Carrie Lee Blake. Like, get out of your the buyer's ear and get yourself a pre-approval. My, and step um, up. My, my, one of my favorite experiences <laughs> was one of my clients, she bought um, kind of like, I won't say rundown, but it was dated a dated home um, in, in Brockton. And she was just like, oh, my. I'm like, do you see the vision? The vision is here. Do mm-hmm. you see it? She's like, yeah, yeah, I can see the vision. Anyway, fast forward two years, she did some work to update the kitchen, the bathroom. She ended up selling that house for 100000 more than what she actually bought it for. She wow. walked with a, over $100,000 wow. from that house just by doing some updates, and then the appraisal value went up. Wow. So she used that 100000 the full 100000 as a down payment on another home that was more renovated. Wow, just because she listens to you. Just because she listened. And then one actually messaged me today because she said, I want you to see what I've done to this home. It was an older home. And I said, I think you can work with this house. It has the space. You mm-hmm. can do so much to it. She said, hmm, uh, I don't know. We went to another home, same area, fully renovated. And I said, do you love this? She's like, I love this. I'm like, okay, guess what the price point is. She's like, can we go back to the first home? <laughs> and sometimes, so I like that. That was gem drop. Mm-hmm. So you say, oh, Oh, you want to live over here? This is the type of home you want? <laughs> I'll take you over yeah, there. Yeah. Oh, you love it? Yes, I do, mm-hmm. Carrie. I love yeah. it. Okay. What you love about it? I love this, 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 this. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. This is how much it costs. Oh, I don't like it And that then the much. line is going out the door yep. because now you have competition, 
right? Yep. And then there's no line at the one that doesn't have the visually appealing home. So, so let me get this straight. Again, another gem drop. So you say, all right, tell me what you want in a home. Mm-hmm. You write everything down, type right. everything down. You say, okay, I'm going to take you to this your dream home. Mm-hmm. And you take them to this dream mm-hmm. home and it's amazing. They're like, right. oh my God, I found my dream home. And then you say, oh yeah, it's actually $200,000 more than your pre-approval. Right. Oh God, Carrie, I can't afford that. So do you want us to adjust your yep. expectations? Now? But you could make this. Right. You could turn you could that other home that. into mm-hmm. this just mm-hmm. like they did. Right. And I, like and, I, and I always use like, I like my first home as an example. Mm-hmm. When I'm dealing with those kind of buyers, I'm like, let me show you the home I bought. Mm-hmm. And then let me show you what it looks like now. Okay. So, since you brought it up, can you tell us about this first uh, investment property you purchased? The first home I purchased was at, initially a single family mm-hmm. in Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. A very spacious um, single family with the square footage that allowed me to convert it to a two-family. Mm-hmm. So I was able to rent out one side and live in the other. Dated home, wallpaper, old brown um, wood panel kitchen. Mm-hmm. Two bathrooms, both in the kitchen. It was horrific. Mm-hmm. But it was perfect. Because I was able to... And then it had like a carriage house that couldn't even be used to park a car. It had served no purpose, but the space was there. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I... Worked on the tenant side first, rented that side out, mm-hmm. lived in the in the home with the condition it was, which was not not great. Mm-hmm. Used that rental income to help me fix up my side, mm-hmm. right? And then I, um, over time, I was able to do some changes little by little by little, and I got a credit line, mm-hmm. and I used the credit line plus the rental income plus my savings, and I had taken some from my retirement because it's my money. Yeah, I hear that. Right? So if I'm going to save up this money for my retirement, why can't I use it towards real estate? Yeah. So put that all together, came up with about 100000 and completely renovated my side of the home. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, within the past five years, that home has doubled in value. What? You said what? Doubled? Almost doubled in value. Okay, let's do some math because some gem drop. You could have left the money in your retirement. Mm-hmm. Would it have doubled? I don't know because retirement money sometimes is impacted by the stock market, right? So exactly. there's no guarantee that money would still be there. Okay, okay. You could have said, no, I'm not pulling a line of credit, mm-hmm. but you doubled it anyway. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. But then here's the kicker, right? So the, the, the home appraised for almost double the amount. Uh-huh. I bought it for three hundred and ninety nine thousand, mm-hmm. right? I think it appraised for almost eight hundred thousand. Uh-huh. Pulled refinanced when the market dipped and the interest rates went down. Uh-huh. Paid off the credit line, uh-huh. right? And then used some pulled some cash out and bought another house. So what was your mortgage? Was it higher or lower? It went up by a hundred dollars. And then I said, well... Wait, if- wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Slow down. Because you, okay, you, you dropping gems. You said you paid back $100,000, right? Mm-hmm. You, and you said you pulled out more money? I did, I, I did a cash out. Okay, so, 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 okay, let me get this straight. You did a cash out. Paid back, you paid mm-hmm. back the, the what you owed, mm-hmm. right? And then bought another house. Mm-hmm. And on that other house, all you had to do was spend a little $100 more a month? On the existing, on the existing house. home, it, the mortgage went up by $100. So what I did was I increased the rent. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I'm sorry. So your tenant paid for the renovation? <laughs> yes. And they also pay my mortgage and they also pay my other mortgage. All right. This is Gem Drop, everybody. We don't gossip. We boss up. <laughs> and you listen to Jamaica's finest. We don't call her Carrie Lee Blake. I call her Carrie Lee Bank. And this is why. Go get a pen and paper. Call your mama. Call your papa. And say, look, you need to watch this. Because they need to set you up. Right? Mm-hmm. And if you are grown, uh, 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 grown enough to set yourself up, go get a pen and paper. Rewind. This is real gems. And the only person that came to me on that showing, apart from who I was buying with, is a carpenter. I wasn't interested in anyone's view on a 
how the wallpaper looked, how the paint looked, how far it was. I, I wasn't interested because I had a vision. All right, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. All right. You pulled out. Okay, hold on. Line of credit. Mm -hmm. Got you, you, you got up $100,000. Renovate the place. Right. It doubled. Because I added an additional yeah. 1,500 square feet to the home. And it doubled. Mm -hmm. Right? And we didn't even talk about the Olympic pool. Oh. <laughs> we didn't even get there yet. Right? And the land. We, we didn't even get there yet. So you 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 then refinance yeah. when the the market dropped in rate. Right. Took advantage of the rate. Right. Paid $100 extra. Raised the rent so they could cover that $100. Right. So you could buy another investment property. Right. So the rent covers the mortgage, all the maintenance for the multifamily, um, and also what is reserved it now goes over to the other home to cover that mortgage as well. All right. Tell us about the investment you purchased then after. What happened next? Okay. So after so after I dealt with that two family, mm -hmm. um, are you talking about the flips or are you talking about the one I Yeah, what you you said you bought another property. I bought another property in Texas. Mm -hmm. okay. And that's that's our primary home. Um, where we live in Texas, yeah. And wow, and then and then like you said, you just brought up flips. So you you brought a flip in in um in Bridgewater again, right? So yeah, flip? East Bridgewater. East yeah, Bridgewater. we bought a home in East Bridgewater. And how did that flip go? That okay. was your first flip. That was that was my first flip with mm -hmm. my father. Oh, okay. He's done this before. He's a developer, but this was my first flip. So we we saw this cute little ranch. It's probably like eight hundred square feet, and we're like, okay, what can we do with this? Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, we can. Convert it to a colonial. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm like, okay, I can see that. So now we went from 800 square feet to like 1,750 square feet. Mm -hmm. But by the time we were done, it was brand spanking new. But we were competing with cash buyers. Mm -hmm. And so we're like, okay, we can't do FHA. The work needs, the house needs too much work. Yep. So we're going to have to do conventional. Okay. But we might get beat out by cash buyers. Mm -hmm. So what can we do? We looked into hard money. We're like, okay. Can we pull some funds together and just buy it cash? And that's what we did. Okay. Okay. Golly. Another gem. So you said FHA, the house needs too much work. Right. You said conventional, I might get beat up by cash buyers. Right. Then you said hard money, mm, the rate might be too high. Right. Then you say, you know what? Let's talk to our family. Right. They say they love us, right? Let's talk. Let's give them an opportunity to right. say no or yes. Right. And they said yes. And they said yes. And you, as a family, you you guys bought this as first As a family, flip. we bought the first home cash, mm -hmm. and we did the renovations cash. Now, I know there's a lot of investors out there that's going to say that's the stupidest thing mm -hmm. you can ever do because you should never use your own mm -hmm. money. At the time, I was learning the process. Mm -hmm. I wasn't ready to go into hard money lending because mm -hmm. I wasn't sure what the consequences would be. Mm -hmm. um, I, I wanted to kind of trust my own process yeah. first. Yeah. And so I was able to learn a lot about... Yeah. That process on the first home. And managing. And managing. And then we did it again. Yep. And so now tell us your about your second flip. So we finished the first flip and then you know everyone gets that bug. What's next? So I found um a multifamily in Attleboro. At the time, Attleboro was an area that a lot of people are not really too familiar with, but for mm -hmm. me it's like one of those areas that are up and coming. Mm -hmm. It's 45 minutes from Boston. It has a suburban feel. Mm -hmm. There's a commuter rail. It's it's understated. And I and I envision that one day people are going to be able to have that Attleboro bug and go out there. And, it's and not close far. to Rhode Island. And it's close to Rhode Island. And, and that means it's close to New York. Right. Yep. So we, we found this two family and we, we did our walkthrough. And I'm um, like, so how are we going to do this? Are we going to do hard money? Are we going to take out a loan? Are we going to do cash? And I'm like, you know what? Let's see if we can pull cash together again. Mm -hmm. So we put our money together. We bought that multifamily for, I think, 300 and something thousand cash. Mm -hmm. and, wow. then, um, and then converted them to condos. Okay. That's what I was waiting for. I'm like, all right. Yeah. So you buy a multifamily, then what? Right. So you, okay. So you convert them to condos. Right. So instead of leaving a two-family, renovating and selling as a two-family, why did you convert to condos? Like, are you making more money? I What's think the, the golden rule is if you, you flip a single, you hold on to the multi because it has cash flow. Mm -hmm. So if we were to sell, we probably wouldn't see the same amount of return. So you said, okay, got it. All right, let me, so let me break this down. So you said, all right, 
instead of I'm just throwing out numbers. Instead of selling it for eight hundred thousand as a as a multi, right? You said, all right, let me let me um, sell each side for six hundred thousand and get one point two instead of the eight hundred thousand. And I'm just, just not just real throw, numbers. Throwing out numbers. But the yeah, thing is, I didn't see the comps. For two family, where I could say, if we go the two family route and sell it as a two family, yeah. are we really going to see the return on our Correct. money the way we want to? And I didn't see the comps for it, yeah. so it would have been a risk. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But if we sold it individually, yeah, then ideally one side should pay us back. I mean, we're the bank at this point, so yeah. one side should pay us Ooh, back. Got you. And if you didn't sell the other side, well, you have no mortgage anyway. We have no mortgage anyway. Mm. And so what that did for me, which is different from a hard money lender, is when the market shifted, which it oftentimes shifts in the middle of a flip for some reason, the market <laughs> material shifted. Material price goes up. Material cost goes up. Market <laughs> yep. shifted. And now what we thought we were going to sell it for has changed. Mm-hmm. Right? So we had an option whether to just sell it low mm-hmm. and just walk away or wait till the market changes again. And then capitalize on the spring market and put it back on the market. Mm-hmm. We could do that because we didn't owe anybody. And that's what you did. And that's what we did. Did it sell? It did. Wow, wow. So some, so some investors would have said, "No, no, we scared, we scared, and we'll back out." And right. said, look, sell it for nothing. I, I right. just want to walk away for with something. But you guys said, "Eh, let's wait, put it back on the market, and you won." Right. So some of our investors didn't want to wait it out, so we just pay them. Again, some call her Carrie Lee Blake, but we call her on Gem Drop Carrie Lee Bank. She doesn't gossip. She boss up. <laughs> so, all right. What did you name the condos? The, the, con- yeah. the Blake Condominium. That's deep. You started the show. You know what you said? You said, you know... My father was building all over Massachusetts, but mm-hmm. no one would ever know no one what he know. did. Right. But now they do. And that's what I told him. I said, Daddy, no one knows what you've done. Yeah. Because your name is not on anything. It's under LLCs. Yeah. Right? I said, this was our project, so let's leave something behind for us. And we did. So let me get this straight. Some Someone didn't hear you. You get money together with your family to buy this property. It was a multi-family. You turn it into two condos. Right. Um, and you named the, the condo association Blake Condominiums? Yes. So your family name could live on when you're gone, next generation gone. Right. It would That home will still be here in yes. Massachusetts no matter what? Right. My vision is to have the mm. Blake Empire. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Blake Congratulations. Estates. <laughs> Thank you. Congratulations. So when you say Blake Estates, in different states or in Massachusetts? Internationally. Where? Anywhere? Okay. Internationally. I don't believe in limitations. Okay. Okay. That, that was like a lot to take in. <laughs> A lot to take in. Um, the fact that nothing could stop you. This is what I'm hearing. Nothing could stop you. And you. every time something comes in your way, you either going to run right through it, jump over it, go around it. And then you, you care about family a lot. I do. And legacy. I do. Right? And, and then you care about your clients a lot. Um, sitting down and breaking down numbers, mm-hmm. breaking down numbers and saying, hey, let me see your debt. Okay, let me see what's going on here. This is how much you, you probably could qualify for. Let's go to the bank. Because I think sometimes buyers give too much information and they kick their they kick themselves in the butt. They give too much information to the wrong people. Yep. And they kick themselves in the butt, right? And I think you taking a look and say, you know what? I've been in this game. I'm not going to only be your real estate agent. I'm, I want to, again, I want to help you sell your home, but I want I want to come up with a plan on what you're going to do with your money yeah. when you sell. You know, it's such a vulnerable situation, right? Because you are essentially meeting someone that you may not even know, and you have to, I don't know, you don't have to, but you're providing 
detailed information of your life. You know, what's your debt? What's your income? Um, who lives with you? You know, it's, it's, it's a very sensitive topic. And I want my clients to trust me so they can tell me these things so I know how to help them. That can be challenging if you're yeah. secretive. You know what? I think some of your highlights. I knew you for a while. So I want to talk about some of your highlights. Okay. I think what always stands out is when um, you was you was I believe you was on the seller side and somewhere on the buyer side as well, and I believe the attorney said, "Hey, you can't do this because of the law or something." Mm-hmm. And you you all weekend you looked at every piece of paper, every document, and found and said, "Wait a minute, you talking about law? This right here is in the law, and you are wrong." Right. That situation is probably the most memorable transaction I've ever had. Mm-hmm. This particular individual was in the hospital the entire transaction from some domestic violence issue. So we did the entire transaction from her hospital bed. I took on that transaction for free. Mm-hmm. For me, it wasn't about the money. It was about ensuring that this person left the hospital and did not have to go back to that situation, that she would go into her own home with her own children. And so... Um, it was heartbreaking when the lenders continuously denied her. Wow. So the first lender denied her. We went to another one. Another lender gave us hope. But at the very last minute said, due to these guidelines, we're not able to provide lending. Application denied. And it was, it was hard to see it, but it was more frustrating to see the attorneys quickly move towards termination. Yep. It, it didn't even settle in. It was like, okay, let's get that termination paper going. Let's, let's, let's get the mm. person their deposits back. And it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's it? Yeah. We're just going to accept quick, no? They, they, they're like, let's move on to the let's next move on. It was like, okay, we're, we're, we're done. And so I reached out to the attorney on our side and I said, there has to be a way. Can you tell me where I can find these documents? And he said, yes, but you're not going to understand it. They didn't know who they were playing with. They didn't know who's... And I remember, like, it was yesterday. Um, this room, is, the, is the heat okay? Is the heat okay? Okay. They didn't know who they was talking to. And I remember, like, it was yesterday. You took that entire weekend... To go through each page. Yes. And I remember Carrie's like, I found, I well, found it. What can I say? Yeah. I locked myself in my room yep. and I, re- I read through every documentation pertaining to that condo. It was a condo, so you know it was tons yeah. of condo yep. documents. Yep. I read through every piece of paper and I could not find anything to help us. I'm like, something has to be there. I shut my laptop down and I prayed and I said, Lord, I need some wisdom. I said, I don't know what to do, but there has to be a way. I need wisdom. And I'm like, I, I can't give up. So I opened back up my laptop. It's one o'clock in the morning. Now I'm on day three. Yeah. Looked at my laptop. It's blank. And I'm like, where do I look? And I said, you know what? They said per FHA guidelines, maybe I need to read that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I searched for FHA guidelines. It was like hundred and something pages. Yeah. And I went through it, and I found the exact page with the exact verbiage that they used to deny us. Yeah. And then I continued reading, and there was an exception clause. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is it. Got him. So I copied it. I sent it to the loan officer. I said, I want you to send this to your underwriter's manager. Yeah. I didn't even tell the attorneys. Yeah. I said, not to your underwriter, your underwriter's manager. They came back, and they said, due to Kerry's findings... We have reversed our decision, and we will be able to finance this this home. And I realized that I was not powerless in that moment. I'm smiling because that was so powerful. And I, every, every person selling or buying a home deserve a Carrie Lee Blake in their life. I, I say that. And I mean it. Right. Because we we have a lot of good agents in the world. But I can't name 20 agents or even 10 agents I know that's going to lock themselves in a bedroom for three days straight, 
kids, sorry, I need to focus on something real right. quick. Um, I need to make sure this person in the hospital closes on this home. Yeah. That and, and the attorney said you they should know better than you. An attorney said you cannot do it. Why? Why, why should I explain this to you, Carrie? Yeah. Why yeah. should I explain this to you, Carrie? You're not going to find it. Fine, you're wasting your time. And again, and again, this is why I have so much respect for you. To another level, you're unstoppable, Carrie. You're unstoppable. It's not easy. I, well, we know it's not easy. I, and and um, I, I think it's easy once you make your mind up. You, here I go. I know we said this before. <laughs> Remember, you made a decision to lock yourself in that room. Right. Once you make that decision, you said, nothing going to stop me. Nothing is going to stop me. I'm going to find a way. And some people can't get to that level right. of nothing is going to stop me. Some people say, 20 minutes, man, I got stuff to do. Right. I'm not. Um, I'm a real estate agent. I'm not an attorney. Look, you got to figure it out. Do you really... Think about this. Here it goes, people. I won't paint this picture. I'm facing life. I'm in court. I know I didn't do it. Do I want the attorneys that Carrie Lee just described, or do I want Carrie Lee on my side? Let that soak in. Next time you buy a home, next time you sell a home, I want you to think about that. When you have someone representing you, you want someone like Carrie Lee Blake? Or do you want the attorneys that said, this can't happen? You could read it, but you're not gonna find nothing. You know, I have to I have to definitely give credit to my my higher power, my God, because there are times when I just don't know what else to do. Yeah. And I have to literally just pray. And they just give me the wisdom. Tell me something. Give me some sign of hope. Just a little seed of hope. Yeah. So I can know not to give up. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I, I, I told you at 95, probably 100, you're going to be like the Queen of England. <laughs> just rebelling. I'm still the rebel. I'm, I'm chief here. I don't care how old I am. You know, it, it's, just, it's just amazing to watch you grow. And constantly succeed over and over and over and over and over. With a lot of failures in between. And a lot of failures, but it's like you learn from it. You, right. it, you don't fall. And you yeah. fall, but you get right back up. It's the like, failures uh, are awesome. Exactly. I'm going to tell you why. Because it adds something to my tool belt. Yeah. Right? It adds a little bit of wisdom, a little bit of knowledge. So the next time I face the problem, I'm prepared. And I think that's what I what makes me a great realtor mm -hmm. is that I can leverage my experience and my wisdom and, and my resources to figure out how to maneuver problems. And when I was selling homes, all my failures was was gems for my clients. Because now I can teach them what not to do right. and how to do it right. Because, yeah, right. I fell here. Right. So I'm about to teach you how to do it right because right. I figured right. out how to do it now. Right. right? And um, and those same failures is, is in mortgage before marriage yeah. and, and they sell it's it. The book, it's right? selling. And um, so, yeah, you have to... You have to say, you know what? I bring on and I challenge all my failures. I know I'm going to fail because if you don't fail, that means you're not trying something new. Right. It's impossible to get it right the, all the time the first time. Right. No, 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 no. Someone, you're in your comfort zone. There was another realtor, and I don't remember who it was, so forgive me for not acknowledging mm -hmm. you. The person said they're the Olivia Pope of real estate. Mm -hmm. I can't remember who said that, but they could not be more accurate, right? Because mm -hmm. sometimes you have to bring in that realtor who's like, listen, I have a problem. It's not black and white. Mm -hmm. It's going to require some creativity. Mm -hmm. Can you help me? Yeah. And I end up with most of those types of transactions. <laughs> it's like, can I get an easy one today? So, so what is, um, what would you tell the 22-year-old Carrie Lee Blake? I would tell I know you look 22 right now. You know, um, I probably should go back to 18. What would you tell 18 to 20-year-old Carrie Lee Blake? I would tell myself that 
failure is not a bad thing. Uh-huh. And I would also tell myself that um, I can carve out my own path. Uh-huh. It doesn't have to be the traditional path that you know your parents want from you go to college you know get a a, a corporate job you know work your way up the food chain or work your way up the ladder and that's basically your life like I can create the life that I want what I consider to be um, my life story is in my own hands Mm -hmm. so it's okay if you feel along the way just don't stop got it got it and before we go when you what is the the next project? Are you looking at another project? How do you find these projects? Um, it's I don't really think about projects. Mm-hmm. I think about my visions. Okay. What is my vision for my life? My vision is to build this empire, mm-hmm. right? This these Blake estates, and it can be anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. And um, I never know what I'm gonna do next. I never okay. know. As long as I am moving towards my dreams. Got you. But okay. So when you find this next pro- a property, this, the next property or the next estates, mm-hmm. how do you calculate is this a good deal or not? Um, it's not always about deals. Okay. Sometimes it's about what does this property or this asset mean for mm. me? Got am you. I looking for something that's going to bring me cash flow long term? Am I looking for something that I know is going to appreciate over time? Am I looking to make a quick dollar? Okay. Am I looking to buy land where one day I'm going to build on this land? And, you know, so it all depends on what my, what, what my vision is telling me. Got it. So Got it. I will keep buying and keep adding to my portfolio, but I never know exactly what that's going to be because opportunities present itself and I just go for it. Got you. I like how you answer that because sometimes, like you said, it's you have to understand what you want out of that particular property. Right. Look where we at. You know? Right. Right. You know. Um, you know. This is a basement. You know, and I mm-hmm. and upstairs someone else uh, runs upstairs, but I kept this. But you didn't plan this. Yeah. 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 Exactly. You saw right. the opportunity, I and you just like, well, this kind of matches my vision. Yep. <laughs> didn't know it's gonna happen now, but let me jump on it. You're you're a hundred percent right. You're 100% right. And um, and I'm happy I did. Yeah. And I'm happy I did. Um, so what does respect your breath means to you? Don't take life for granted. Every day, wake up with a sense of purpose. And I think for me, the most important thing is to always try to find a way to protect my peace and happiness. So if it means firing a client, getting rid of an old friend, um, changing my ways, but Happiness and peace is my ultimate goal. Mm. Mm. You just watch Gem Drop. We don't gossip, we boss up. <laughs> Kerry Lee Blake to set the stage on fire. And now you know why we call her Kerry Lee Bank. Most importantly, you know why Thumbprint Realty is sending her to Dubai. Oh. Kaboom. Yes, yes. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I know your broker's never done that for you. I know they don't appreciate you like that, but we appreciate her. And we know how hard she worked. Did you hear? Three days in a room. And I guarantee, and I know it wasn't a million dollar deal, a $2 million deal, a $10 million deal. It was not about the money, it was about her client. So I dare a lot of you realtors out there to make it about the client and do the right thing and not only about the money, like Carrie Lee Blake. Today we heard about a story. Sorry, we heard a story. She, her tenants, Carrie Lee Blake's tenant bought her three homes. I'm going to say that. I don't think they're going to like hearing that. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Do you want me to say it over a different way? Because how you broke down the numbers, you raised the rent. <laughs> Did everybody out there hurt? She raised the rent and then she went on and bought more homes because of that play. Right. But you have to have the vision. But you have to have the determination to understand you deserve more in life. When she was crossing... Um, downtown, when that homeless person 
was calling everyone else dummy. And and these people walking around, <laughs> you know, living paycheck with paycheck with tides. It's like, who are you calling a, you know, a dummy? She had to reflect. And when she knew she wanted more and she wanted her name to live on, she jumped into real estate. She flipped her first home, then her second. But a second one came with a, a huge prize. Her father's name. The biggest prize. Not the money, the name. The money came too, but the name. Something that's going to be here forever. You might, you don't have to like her, don't have to love her, but you have to respect her. You have to respect Kerry Lee Blake. And this is the story you heard today. So I hope we inspired you. I hope we motivate you. And she represented for Jamaica. She represented for all strong women in the world. She represented for humans, point blank humanity, to go to another level, take your vision to another level, and dreams are just thoughts until you make them reality. And she made all her dreams reality thus far. Thank you for watching Gem Drop. I would love to keep speaking with you, but I got shit to do. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> God told me to meet him at a runway. Ever since, I've been taking off.